Hello, I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode 17. We're back from our summer break and as always I'm here in our virtual studio with Kath and Andrea. Hello everybody. Hello again. Hi. <laughs> Let's see if we can remember how to do this after our summer break. <laughs> no, no. What's everyone been up to? Well, I'm, I'm down south. I'm down south. Down south? Yeah. We had a bit of a mammoth nine-hour journey to travel 300 miles in the car. So it really is a true summer holiday. Wow. With a lot of frustrations in the car. Aggressive knitting in the front seat. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we yet? there yet? No. We, we're just in Yorkshire now. <laughs> a long way to go <laughs> oh man yes I, I remember oh. as a child um being driven for two days from London to the Isle of Skye to visit my wow. grandparents and yeah there was a lot of are we there yet are we there yet no we're still mm. on the M25 <laughs> <laughs> we're nowhere near I used to get car sick that was that was the joy my parents had oh. it's just the worst isn't Kathleen it? in the back I feel oh. sick <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Open the window. <laughs> yeah. Brown paper wrapped round you. Yeah, that was an old wives' tale I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really happy today because my beautiful bakery has reopened after its two week holiday. So I was able to go and buy my cherry cake t- this afternoon. Oh, bakeries are always good. I was at Pink Lane Bakery today and oh. I just could not decide what to buy. It was, it all looked amazing. So, uh, yeah, what's mm. your bakery, Kath? It's called Canatrice, and ah, yes. the cakes—the cakes are beautiful. Just well, everything they do is beautiful, but the cake. And I've gone through the range. I have forced myself to go through the range. <laughs> it's a tough job. And decided that at the moment the cherry cake is is top of the list. So that sounds pretty good. I had some just before I arrived in the virtual studio. <laughs> nice. And maybe you should have some more as a treat after doing this recording session. Well, now you've mentioned it. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. Perhaps go for a run, then have the cake. <laughs> no! Why would you want to do that? That was well, spoiling. I'm I'm in full Great North Run training mode at the <gasps> moment. Yeah, so I'm on a proper running schedule. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in my running gear as we speak. I'm heading out after this recording session. <laughs> got to keep it up Andrea so good so good well I'm I'm not the sort of person that can just turn up on the day and just do it uh so I kind of would like it to not be uh too painful so I figured a training (laughs) schedule would be a good idea (laughs) it's quite it's quite handy that you've been talking to Anne then isn't it she she would have inspired you absolutely absolutely well on that note shall we introduce this week's guest interview this week we have Anne Wilson who some of you might have seen along the route of the Great North Run over the years dressed as Minnie Mouse She is part of a very exclusive group called the All Runs Club, made up of a number of people who have run every single Great North Run. And with the 40th anniversary run just a couple of weeks away, we thought a running-inspired episode would be appropriate. So enough of me talking, here's Anne. a very warm welcome to the northern guides to happiness thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me 
today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And it's really, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> it really is very nice to talk to you. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you think? You're not quite sure what you've let yourself in for? <laughs> not really. <laughs> has anything happened this week that, you know, has perhaps made you happy? We're kind of midweek now. Oh, yes. Um, we went out for afternoon tea yesterday. <gasps> Ooh. We went to Bradley Gardens in Wylam. Beautiful afternoon tea. Um, oh. It was our wedding anniversary. Oh, how wonderful. So, well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> have you put your have you put your telephone voice on for me, Anne? Oh, I have there. Yes, yes, I do occasionally. Yeah, fifty three years and still going. <laughs> wow, oh, it's amazing. And I'm a big fan of afternoon tea. I love discovering new afternoon teas and places to go. Oh, so, so would, would you recommend this one? I would absolutely recommend it. It's the third time we've been actually, um, nice. and they've always been gifts from our nephew who lives over in South Shields, so they go that way regularly. Um, so this was Christmas, nine, Christmas 19 afternoon <gasps> tea, because we've not been able to take it. So many <laughs> stories like that where people have had like Christmas or birthday presents just before oh, the yeah. pandemic and have only just been able to start using things up. Oh, well, I'm glad you had a fabulous time. It was lovely, thank you. Great. Um, you're here today to talk about happiness with me and, and what that means. And we met for the first time. I had to kind of think back through the uh, through the years. <laughs> we, we met about eight years ago, I think it was, as part mm -hmm. of the the Great North Run Million project right, back yes. in 2014, when <laughs> the Great North Run celebrated its one millionth runner That's passing right, the, yeah. the the finish line. Um, and you've got a, a special connection, haven't you, to the Great North Run? You're, you're part of a very special group. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm part of, we would like to say, an elite group. And that doesn't mean that we run fast or anything remotely like that. Um, although some of our members probably did at one time. Um, I belong to what's called the All Runs Club. Um, which is a group of people who, as the name suggests, have taken part in every single Great North Run. Um, there are, to the best of my knowledge, there are still 88 of us. Wow. Um, 84 men and four ladies. Which so you're, is, in, you're in the minority then, Oh, Anne. very, very much. Um, but actually, we're kind of... Um, as it ought to be from the first run, because I think only about 8% or 9% of the people who took part were women. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know? obviously changed over the years, hasn't it? But, it's 50% um, now. So, you know, 88-ish, um, you know, that's out of, well, over a million runners now that have taken part. Well, more than a million yes. that have taken part. Yeah. 88, that's quite an exclusive club then, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, when we set the group up formally, so to speak, it was um, in 2010 um, when they would try to sort, you know, do something for the to celebrate the 30th Great North Run. Um, and one of the things um, was... A, a get together to uh, launch the run in the, um, the Hancock Museum. I know it was the Great North, it is the Great North, but it's Hancock to me. Um, and there was a launch event, and Haile Gabrisselassie and Michael Johnson were there. 
and about 20 of us were invited um, and it was a lovely day and then um, we were all asked if we would contribute to an exhibition which was on display at the um, at the museum and you we were then all invited to the launch or to the opening of the exhibition um, and that's when we kind of met people for the first time properly and talked to each other um, we had met before because we'd been from about 97 we were given a special coloured number and we started at the front just behind the celebrities um, so we knew each other in as much as we used to meet on that Sunday morning and we, we all had the same colour, obvious changing most years, the same colour um, bib. But this was the first time we'd actually met, spoke to each other properly <laughs> as people. Um, and, and afterwards, you know, two or three of us towards the end of the, the evening, said, you know, we should do something, we should keep in touch. And so... I collected, me being me, as you know, I cannot keep out of things. I um, collected a few email addresses and got in touch with people. And we had a little meeting, about six of us in, in my house, um, and thought, yes, we'll, we'll do something. And with the help of Nicola Headley, who worked for Nova, um, she's not with them now, um, but with Nicola's help, we got in touch with everybody and on the, the Saturday before the run, um, we'd written, our little group had contacted everyone through her, um, and we met up on the Saturday beside the sage, and I'd made this huge cake, and so people brought, you know, wives, husbands, not many of them actually, but um, the wives and families, and we ate cake and met, and then the, on this following day, in our little pen, um, at the start of the run, we were able to, oh yes, saw you yesterday. And, and ever since then, um, I've organised a Saturday meetup. So we every Saturday, except last year, um, we have met, you know, anything from 20 to then 50, 60 of us have met up for a couple of hours, had a group photograph taken. Yeah, oh, that and, sounds wonderful. And we have a newsletter, everyone, well, most people contribute and I put it all together and it's just sent out by email. So So you mentioned there that you, you start you have the same coloured bibs and you start at the front. Yes. Um I mean I've I've only done the Great North Run three times. It'll be my fourth this year. And, you know, being back in the sort of greens and, and the whites way, way at the back. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that's, that's experience, you know, in itself. But what's it like being right at the front with, with all the, as you say, all the celebrities and the elite runners? What's, what's that feel like? Well, it feels very nice, actually. It, it's very, <laughs> <laughs> very special. Um, we now wear blue and white striped numbers, which we have all for a number of years now. Um, uh, and it's just lovely if everybody comes by and, and come into our little pen. We've had problems now and again getting in with, with some um, some of the stewards. But generally, we've all got in where we should be. Um, and it's it's a bit scary when you know that there are 50, well, 25,000 <laughs> on each carriageway lined up behind you, you know. Um, I did have an experience about four or five years ago 
because I have a tripping experience most years. Um, <laughs> but that one, I tripped right at the start. I just oh, crossed the um, start line and went flat. But oh. because we're all together, um, <clears throat> excuse me, because we're all together, um, people immediately formed a little line around me. <clears throat> excuse me. And directed the traffic, so to speak, so I didn't get trampled on. A couple more hoisted me up, you know, arms under, hands under my arms, up on my feet. Um, and then, you know, I just stood for a couple of minutes. Um, just gathered yourself. Gathered myself. And thought, OK, now I'm fine, I'll walk. Um, so I just walked it with two or three of the other ones who were just walking it. But I seemed to be able to manage quite well, you know, and left one or two of them and yeah. others left me. But it was interesting, <laughs> you know, I I discovered eventually that I'd broken a bone in my hand, oh, injured God. my knee, my right shoulder. <laughs> had about five x-rays when I got home. But the show must go on. But the you show must, must complete, go on. You we must start, complete that run. Yeah. So you start, so you finish. But it was interesting. So what's it like being in the club? Do you feel that there's a certain amount of pressure to stay in? Or is it all, you know, just what will be, will be? Oh, God, no. Even before we had the club proper, if you spoke to any of the group, it's, it's sacrosanct. Nothing happens that weekend. Nobody's allowed to have holidays. You're not allowed to be um, ill, you know, weddings. We, we've got one chap who used to travel from France, but he's just retired. And so now he's living in, in the south of England. Um, and he sent me a message last week just to say, what, do you know what time is starting yet? And it is actually starting an hour earlier than usual. And because we are mm -hmm. at the front, then we are starting an hour earlier than usual. And he said, oh, my brother's getting married. And he's getting married in St. Paul's in London. Um, and he said, but it's not till two o'clock. I think I'm going to have to miss it. <laughs> <gasps> well, what, what was his brother thinking, getting married on the day of the Great North Run? <laughs> That's what I said. He'll <laughs> 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 be here. Hey, Alan oh, will my be goodness. here. You oh, know. my goodness. But that's what it's like, you know. Um, people have run with broken limbs, all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> the the commitment is real. <laughs> it's real commitment. It, it's it's you know to other people, we're stupid. You know, it seems a bit daft. <laughs> but but you know that if you don't do it, that's the last. You know, you won't do it again. Yeah. You won't come yeah. back and and do yeah. it again. Yeah. It's uh, that's how things are. You know. <laughs> So you mentioned at the very start that, you know, the, the ratio of men to women in the group is, is about right, given the fact that, you know, the very yes. first uh, that run, you know, very few women running. You were obviously one of those few women that ran it. What made you do it in the first place? Oh, wow. I was a 34 year old teacher who'd possibly run for a bus before. Um, but very little else since leaving school, you know. <clears throat> and Mike Neville and Brendan Foster were on Look North. Uh, 
talking about this run and Brendan was saying about the run he'd seen in New Zealand, how he wanted to bring it here and he wanted it to be from the city to the coast. So that is also sacrosanct from the so it was from Newcastle to South Shields mm-hmm. um, and saying it was for anybody it was for, for proper you know, club runners it was for fun runners it was for people who'd never ran before and anybody could do it and I don't know if it was just at that time in my life or, or what and I thought yeah I fancy doing that so I, I applied and I got a place um, and then started training Nobody else, me and my husband, just thought I was daft. Um, but he actually started to come out with me because the run was in June, so it was launched kind of in the, the winter and the dark nights. So he mm. used to come out on his bike <laughs> and keep me company. Keep you company, yeah, yeah. I can't let you go out in the dark, you know. Um, and that's how it happened. And then the second, at the end of it, I, I don't know if I really loved it, I think I must have done. (laughs) We're talking 41 years ago. Um, But I did it. I mean, the end was interesting because my mum and my stepdad came to watch, so they were on the lees, and my husband took note of the information we were given, which was you won't be able to get from the start to the finish. So if someone is seeing you off, don't expect, you know, they won't get to the finish. Excuse me. And so I passed my mum on the lead and gave her a wee wave and finished. And it finished a little bit beyond where it does now. It was past the pub and past the roundabout where the buses park. Um, so I walked back, walked all the way back up to where my mum had been, because they weren't there anymore, and walked back down to the roundabout by the pub. And I was sat like a pixie in the middle of the roundabout thinking, how am I going to get home? Because <laughs> I knew my husband wasn't coming over because he thought my mum was picking me up. So eventually, because we didn't have mobile phones then, someone loaned me the money for a phone call. And I, phoned, I had no money, I had nothing. I phoned home and um, my husband set off and my brother set off to try and find me. So... I think they found me outside the fish and chip shop on... Well, I can think of worse places to be. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But my husband just thought my mum was picking me up. And I don't know why, but she thought he was. (laughs) Did did you think that the half marathon was going to turn into a marathon and you're going to have to run home again? (laughs) Oh, I couldn't have done that. We've got relatives living South Shields. I haven't a clue where, but I'd have found them. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than run back. Rather than run back. But but after it, I mean, I loved it. It was great. And um, so I'm going to do it next year because they announced fairly quickly that there would be another one. Um, and the application process was somewhat different because everybody and the, their mother was applying, you know. Yeah. So my husband applied. I did. My husband did. And my, one of my brothers did. Um, and I think the second year you had to actually hand your application forms in at the BBC in Newcastle when it was down on Newbridge Street, d- down that end, near the bridge. Um, so my brother was dispatched because he worked in the town. He was dispatched with three envelopes to be there for when it opens. So they were probably the first three 
three envelopes through the door and we all got in so, and so it began and so it began and that was it <laughs> and he did it with me a few oh i think my husband did about 26 27 oh that's not bad his last one being 2010 in 2010 wow. my brother only did the one <laughs> <laughs> but his daughter my my niece, she did it with me in two thousand and six. No, yes, I have it written down. But anyway, two thousand and six, and um, when she was ten, because children were still allowed. It was the last year that kids were allowed. Oh my goodness! Um, I imagine think I can get my twelve-year-old to run to Ooh. run a half marathon. <laughs> well, it was a struggle. The training was a struggle because at ten you think you can do it, yeah. and then she did it with me again in 2016 when she was 40 to celebrate her 40th mm -hmm. you know which was which was lovely so. did you feel at the time when you you did that first one did you feel like this was going to be something special did you did you feel that this would that you were doing something that would still be happening 40 years later I didn't think that far into the future, but I did feel it was something special, especially the following day when the journal came out and the front page of the journal. It was the first time a newspaper had ever done it, but the the whole of the front page was just a picture of runners with the back, you know, the time bridge and all of these runners just pouring off it. Mm. And I think when we saw that, and the kind of coverage it was getting, we began to realise we'd done something pretty special, actually. Yeah. You know, and that there is a future in this. And I, I never, I, I never for a moment in subsequent years thought that, oh, this will be the end, because it just got bigger and bigger. And bigger and bigger. And bigger yes. and bigger, yeah. Yes. I think we were up to about 60-odd thousand, weren't we, I think, at the last... Well, last, last year, run, something I like think that. it should have been 60,000 last year, um, mm -hmm. but of course it couldn't happen. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But we did the, you know, we did the virtual one. Mm -hmm. um, one of the old runs club who'd had a cataract operation about six weeks before, and he lives just outside Edinburgh, he rang me and said, well, can I just come and walk it with you? Knowing that I walk more than run now, I'm a bit old. Um, Mind he's only a year younger. <laughs> so he came down and, and my niece who'd done it with me, she said, well, I'll do it as well. Um, so Chris came in his usual Great North Run outfit, which was a pair of baggy shorts, a Hawaiian shirt and a, a really tatty straw, straw hat. Um, and we decided we'd do it from where I live in Monkseaton and we'd go just along the coast so we went to walk down to the seafront and he showed him the lighthouse you know because he'd never been there for a long long time he, he comes from up here but he's lived in in Glasgow uh, Edinburgh for a long long time um and then we went along to Tynemouth and North Shields and sat and had an ice cream which you don't normally do in, no, in the middle no. of the North Run and why then not? all the way why not all the way back and then home um and there were Thousands of people out. It was lovely. Everybody just cheering each other on. Um, and then loads of normal Sunday morning walkers just looking as if to say, what on earth is going on here? You know? 
<laughs> but we had a whale of a time because we were talking happiness. Everybody was so happy. It was a mm -hmm. glorious day. Um, a little breeze at the coast, which is nice. Um, and people were in just such a joyous mood mm -hmm. that it was lovely. Mind the app didn't work, so I never heard anything about these people who were telling us what to do and, you know, <laughs> and singing to us. We, we couldn't get that on at all. By the sounds oh. of it, it was inundated with uh, people accessing it, I think, oh, perhaps. it was, but, uh, you know. Yeah, but yeah. people were told to keep away from the normal route. You know, mm. I know a lot of people did do the normal route, but uh, no, just grab 13, you know, 13 miles from somewhere. And we passed That's lots it. of other. We passed two other members of the club, one of whom lives in in colour coats and one on modern. And they, you know, so we stopped and had photos with them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got to admit, Chris said he had never quite done it like that before. Um. <laughs> it's unique, isn't it? Absolutely. And at least, yes, at least something could happen. Um, you, you've sort of touched on my sort of next question already, actually. And, you know, before you said when you signed up for the first Great North Run, you'd, you'd said that you'd you'd hardly ran ran for the bus <laughs> before. Um, and, yeah, I'm kind of the same when I started running. I, you know, I think the first uh, the first 90 seconds on the Couch to 5K app, I thought I was going to die. You know, I thought, I'd, I thought it was never going to end. Um, but, you know, now is is running something that makes you happy or you know or from what you were saying just there you know is is it more the the community around it and the the atmosphere and the camaraderie rather than the running itself oh absolutely i, I don't run now um i do jog I, I have this kind i've got a good brisk walk uh, but i'm 74 you know so i have we'll, a, let, we'll let you off <laughs> <laughs> i've got a good brisk walk um and the other day when I was out, I'll run lampposts, you know, I might run between two lampposts and then perhaps one lamppost. Um, and that's the only way I can do it now. Um, but I do enjoy very much doing that, you know, and it's, uh, it gets me out. It gets, I, I know I can do that because I do have a tendency to trip up. Um, <laughs> and I don't think my balance is what it was. Um, so, you know, I'm surprised knowing the number of potholes along the seafront that I haven't fallen. I, what I didn't tell you was that on the, the virtual one last year was just coming past the surf shop in, in Tynemouth on our return. I think I had about five, four or five miles still to do. And I tripped in a pothole. Um, <laughs> luckily, I carried this bright pink, I think it's called kinesiology tape. I carried that in my little bag. So I got half carried to a seat, which was right there, it was wonderful. Um, I was able to strap it all up and then we walked the last four and a half miles home. <laughs> I'm starting to think that you tripping up is part of the ritual. <laughs> oh, that, that's what people say now, because um, the, the, on 2019, the last one we did, you, you know, people just throw their bottles on the ground and the bottle tops. Mm -hmm. And I actually mm -hmm. stepped on a bottle top and just kind of rolled off it um thought oh that feels a bit sore um anyway that was broken as well i'd broken the oh, side of, one of the bones <laughs> in the side of my foot but that uh, you see when you get old your bones get more brittle and fragile mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. take the calcium <laughs> <laughs> so you also um you know dress up oh yes. don't you 
for, tell, for the first tell the few, listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, for the first few years, I was normal. Um, I wore shorts and a T-shirt. Um, and then, I think the last year was when I did it with Tracy, so that, you know, um, so that was about 86. And then I was a fairy for a little while. Um, and that was last minute, so I had to cut the net out of my old wedding dress, which was still up in the loft, <gasps> to make a fairy skirt. <laughs> but I had to make a fairy skirt. Um, and I was with a group of friends, and we were running for Woodlawn School Swimming Pool, which we've had for about 30 years now. Um, but we were running for that, so somebody was a bee and I was a fairy. We were all dressed as something. And then that was it. I've never gone normal since. Um, <laughs> and then when my husband was doing it, he would get dressed, you know, so we've been clowns. Um, we've been Donald Duck a couple of, no, just once. We, we actually won a fancy dress competition in that one. Um, but then in about, oh, 87, no, 89, I think it was. Um, I made Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse outfits. And we've of worn, course you did. And we've worn them ever since. So for, for the last almost 30 years, I've been Minnie Mouse. And he was Mickey Mouse until he finished. Um, but it's hilarious because, I mean, I met somebody, I was helping out um, at, it was St Oswald's, they, they had a, an open day on Saturday and I was there. And one of, they have a tent at the end. So one of our joyous moments is going to the tent at the finish and having yeah. a, a cup of coffee. I really yeah. enjoyed the coffee at the end. And one of the elderly ladies who serves the coffee, she was there on Saturday, you know, um, on the stall. I went across and said, hello. And she said, you know, I know you, I know your voice. I said, Minnie, oh my God, it's Minnie Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and infamous it, well we were in a cafe in the low lights in, in north shields I don't know if you've been but it's lovely really yes, nice yeah and yeah. that's a you know charity we do these charitable things um and we were just chatting to a people on the next table as you do well as i do um and this woman she said you know you're Minnie mouse aren't you i've never seen her before in my life and she says, oh, well, we always stand on on the route and give you a wave every year. <laughs> so I have an alter ego. Well, I did. I think it was might have been 2018 or 2019. I, I spotted you. Um, I think we were just coming up to John Reed Road and I, I sort of came up um, because often you'd started uh, much uh, much sooner than than I of had, of course. And because uh, you're you're at the front and I was at the back, um, and yeah, I saw I, I saw the costume first. Uh -huh. and I was like, oh, there's Anne, you know. So even out of you know however many thousands of people, <laughs> you stood out. I spotted you and you know waved as I ran past, uh -huh. and uh, it was great to see you. Um, yeah, I got lots lots and lots of people do and people. Oh, there's some people on the bridge and a bit further on um, who are there every year. Some of them are just out of their houses and they've been every single year. And as I'm coming up to them, I can hear them saying, eee, here she is. She's never missed a year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a huge amount of respect for anyone that does any kind of race like the Great North Run in, in fancy dress. I just think, you know, it's it's hard enough in regular 
running gear but to, to throw a, a, a fancy dress costume in the mix is just a whole other level you really should a... do it it, it is oh. it, it is to- you have a totally different mindset you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I end up with sore arms rather than sore legs mine for many many years we did carry collecting buckets but yeah. then when I stopped doing it I couldn't manage on my own I did try one year nearly killed myself um, so I don't do that but you, you bring joy to people because they, they have a bit of a laugh as they're coming up and they see you and everybody has a chat, you know. Um, I always have a little thing on my back which says I'm running for St Oswald's. Um, and so people who are running for St Oswald's always give you a pat on the back. And People along the road, they're just cheered. You, you cheer people up. They look out for people in fancy dress. Yeah. You're pushing yeah. it for this time, I suppose, but you, I could get, I've got loads. No, no, you're, you're all right, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, you, you touched on it there, you know, you, you know, it's people that, that, that dress up, yeah, bring, bring that joy to the race. And there is something very special about the Great North Run, isn't there, in terms of um, raising of spirits and that community feeling and um yeah just be yeah people being together and uh sharing moments oh um, yeah i always say everybody everyone who lives in the northeast whether they call themselves geordies or northumbrians or what even southerners across the river you know everybody should do it once because you can't yeah. you can't understand it unless you do it you yeah. know <laughs> yeah so this podcast is all about happiness and we've, we've, we've touched, touched on it already uh, through our conversation. Um, but is, is happiness something that you think much about, Anne? No, I've got to be honest, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to think I'm a fairly happy kind of person. Um, I, obviously, like everybody, you, you might get a bit down, but I tend not to. And therefore, I've often had problems understanding people who, who I would say are miserable. Not miserable for any reason. Just they can they don't smile, they don't say hello, they don't say please and thank you. Which to me are just things that you do, you know, all the time. That that's how we were brought up, um, and you know, it's it's nice just to chat. I mean, our street has nothing to do with the Great North Run. But we live in a, a little street in Monkseaton, West Monkseaton. And the first night we went out to clap for the carers, we were all out. And people were saying, you know, we should do something like this more often. So the following Sunday, we all went out at 11 o'clock with our mugs in our hands and had coffee together. And I know it was probably illegal, but every Sunday since <laughs> we have gone out with mugs at 11 o'clock and shared coffee you mm-hmm. know and we've kept our social distance um luckily that there's um a little cul-de-sac kind of in the middle of the street so we've got this nice big area and then so we stand there and just you know get annoyed at traffic which insists upon coming down making us move uh, but put, put the world to rights we all chat mm-hmm. and you know and put the world to rights as you say um and everybody's happy and smiley and chatty, you know, so. And and is that what kind of happiness is for you? Is that having conversations with people? What, what do you think oh, of yeah. when you think of happiness? I think of 
yeah, having conversations with people, talking to people. Um, I'm really not very good for keeping in touch with like old friends and so on. I'm hopeless. And Facebook and I, you know, we, we have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it, it's a sense of fulfillment as well. If you feel that you're fulfilled, then, you know, it's easier to be happy. Um, I had a lovely time last Saturday just volunteering. I had a, a wonderful time linked to the Great North Run. You know, when you mentioned the Millionth Runner and they put on a performance um, on the riverside. Um, and I don't know why I'm not a dancer, even though I love Strictly um, <laughs> and Alias, you know, but um, I, I took part in it. And for my sins, I was I was on the Millennium Bridge, um, and with you, I remember doing a little recording about being a pole dancing tree, because I was <laughs> yes. on the bridge with this long pole with branches on the top. Um, it was brilliant, you know. A lot of us took part, um, and then afterwards, there's an exhibition called Great North Greats, which was a travelling exhibition initially. And I volunteered at that um, from, I think, when it was at Gateshead Stadium and then Tesco's in Gateshead, I think I was. And then finally um, at the Discovery Museum. Um, and what was great, to use the word again, was so many people came and I was able to tell them about the run, explain the exhibits. Um, I found out a lot about the people um, who were the greats in the northeast scientists mm -hmm. and you know all, all sorts of people um you know what one lady who was from the university and she de designed something which was out on the uh, out in space now it was, it was on the moon um so all of these wonderful people and we had lots of people coming in every day and there were interactive things so the kids could all join in and the parents could join in and that was a, a massive plus for me. Um, in fact, a couple of years later, my time spans vary a bit. Um, we had the Great Exhibition of the North, mm -hmm. and I then joined up for that as a volunteer and had a wonderful time. You know, so I, I think it's just being amongst people and with people. Yeah. And having yeah. retired, and there's just my husband and I at home. Um, we don't exactly talk for England, even though you might not think it. <laughs> so that's probably why I talk to everybody else. <laughs> but we are happy. So, I'm glad to hear it. So, so, so volunteering then is a big part of you know how you know maintaining positive well-being for you then is it is it yeah as you oh, say being with people i think so but it's not something you know like there are these wonderful people who volunteer all the time and they do the garden yeah. i'm a bit sporadic um <laughs> st oswald's get in touch quite often and we've i've done lots of things for them you know selling raffle tickets and a nice one was at the gosford park race course when they had their elephants was that the year before yes last? oh El was it elma elma yes Yes. And then a few years ago, they had the snow dogs. And uh -huh. so I would sometimes go and, you know, be at one of the venues and, as I say, sell raffle tickets. There's always raffle tickets to sell. And <laughs> chat to people about them, you know. 
So that's yeah. what I like. That's happiness for me. You know, and having, obviously, family and friends. Um, keeping busy. Wonderful. Keeping busy. How do you keep busy? <laughs> oh, God. Well, at the moment, I'm making my niece's wedding cake. So my dining table is covered in dozens of sugar flowers. Which, after this, are going to get steamed to set... The, uh, you have to brush them with coloured dust when you're done and then steam them to set it. So my lovely husband is going to have a nice little job helping me steam sugar flowers. <laughs> well, it keeps him out of trouble, doesn't oh, it? it? Does. <laughs> it's very good. He's very handy. <laughs> <laughs> very talented, to be honest, but I don't tell him that very often. <laughs> <laughs> So do you consider yourself to be a happy person generally then? Oh, um, I think so, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's much easier than being miserable, isn't it? Yeah. If you think about it. It, <laughs> it can be, I think it can be hard though sometimes, can't it, to be, you know, to, to feel like you need to be happy all of the time. But uh, it's, it's good if you feel that, yes, you are generally a happy person. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I do have my downsides. You know, there are times when I, I get fed up you know, and, and I think, oh, it's usually because I think I should be doing something um, mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting watching telly doing nothing, you know, and that irritates me sometimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not one, I hope I'm not one of these people who irritate everybody else by jumping up and down in front of them and saying, yay, be happy. I, I'm not like that, really. Um but I spent my whole working life in school. So I was a teacher, and then and then I was a head teacher for nearly twenty years. You know, so you've got to be fairly upbeat to do that. Yes, yeah, that's a whole. <laughs> so maybe other, I'm upbeat yeah. more than happy, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't find I'm lucky enough to not find it too difficult to find something to smile about. Yeah. So you're looking forward to this year's Great North Run. Um, it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad it's happening. Uh, I know there's been a little bit of uh, controversy over the, the change of the route, but I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing you as, as Minnie Mouse again this year. <laughs> oh, God willing, I'll be there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the first half. I'm not necessarily looking forward to the second half, particularly when we get back over the Tyne Bridge and we're going through Newcastle. Luckily, I think the Tyne Bridge does finish kind of halfway up the hills, up to the, the monument, but I reckon you'll still have a bit of a claim up Grey Street. One yeah, of our, I think it's, it's going to be a canny climb, will. It? Yeah. It'd be awful. One of our groups suggested that a long rope and some pitons might be useful. <laughs> I think they should pack. Can, I, can, can I get in on that, Absolutely actually? Absolutely join I'm... us. Oh, God. No, I think you could do with some ropes coming down from the monument that you could just like hold and pull, pull yourself up. Because <laughs> that's not nice. Normally, you know, you get to like 11, a mile 11... And yeah, uphill a bit there. But once yeah. you get up to the top, you've got a you little, have a drink well, and then high. you've got yeah. the steep yeah. slope, which is it's difficult. Um, but the, the seafront then is kind kind of flat, you know, mm. it's undulated a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's pretty flat, you yeah. know. 
I mean, yeah. I normally see the first Great North Run T-shirt about the nook in South Shields, you know, when people are coming back, having finished oh, and they're wearing. <laughs> Girl. Oh. And I think, oh, I don't know if I like that one. <laughs> but yeah, I have got a bag, well, a box full of Great North Run T-shirts because I've kept them all and all the medals are up on the wall. As so, they should be. As they should be. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Anne. Um, and I can't wait to try and spot you again this year at, at uh, this year's Great North Run in your in your Minnie Mouse costume. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me and, and sharing your um, sharing your memories of <laughs> the Great North Run over the years, being part of the All Runs Club um and the the obvious happiness that it brings you being part of a very exclusive community of runners who have have run every single great north run so thank you very much for talking to me oh you're very welcome i'm very blessed and very lucky so that was anne what did people think I, I loved her expression as she was talking about running in fancy dress. I've never gone normal since. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that made me chuckle. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a great interview. And I think what, what really struck me, actually, and I never really thought about this, was women being in such a minority when yeah. the Great North Run first started. Um, women being in such a small minority of runners mm. and I love to as well as seeing this like archive that she's amassed from participating in the Great North Run over, uh, over all these years just find out a little bit more about what that felt like and for her over the years how it might have felt to see more and more women participate in this event um, but some really you know some real gems in there and my daughter's about to do the junior North Run for the first Great. time this year. And my sister's put her into quite a brutal training program. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be and in the big one in no time then. Exactly. It's quite harsh. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I'm, I might try it myself, but there's something about getting over the threshold, isn't there? And, mm-hmm. and giving this giving this a go and the fact that, and felt quite inspired through the media story alone um, is really interesting too. So it's very yeah. enjoyable. Now perhaps see it through a different lens this year as well, I think. I, I picked up on that as well, Andrea, the, the fact that, you know, she probably didn't realise it at the time, but she was kind of making history, wasn't she, by being mm. one of the, the very first women to take part in the Great North Run and... Um, I thought that was really interesting that, you know, actually the number of women in the All Runs group is probably reflective of the kind of stats of men versus women who 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 run it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I picked up on something parallel to that, but not directly Great North Run related when she was talking about all of the volunteering that she'd done afterwards. And... She talked about being involved in projects where there'd been celebration events or special events that she was either participating in or took friends to. And it, it made me think about it's 
it's like that threshold and it's entry level. It opens up a whole new world of other things that you would never, ever have got involved with if you hadn't done that one thing mm-hmm. that yeah. got you there. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I thought she was she was wonderful when she was talking about that. But um, I, I really had a chuckle at the very, the very first uh, sentence when you asked, asked her how she was feeling. She says, well, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think. <laughs> and I thought that's every participant we've had, every contributor has always said something along that line. Why am I really here? <laughs> it just, it just made me chuckle. But she was, oh, it was fa- fabulous to listen to. Yeah. And she's such a great um, icon, I guess, and, and representative for the Great North Run. You know, you see her in the costume and, you know, you know exactly who she is. And actually, when I've, when I've mentioned to a couple of people that um, I, I talked to Anne, and as soon as I said the Minnie Mouse costume, they've gone, oh, yes, I've seen her. I've seen her on the route. So, you know, she's a, she's a local celebrity, definitely. But, yeah, it was lovely to talk to Anne. Um, yeah. It's interesting when she got lost on the roundabout or, or she got left on the roundabout and nobody knew how to find her because there were no mobile phones and... And, oh, I just had this vision of her sitting, sort of a little bit, a little bit exhausted on this roundabout. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go and run it back again to get home. <laughs> <laughs> just have memories of phoning home, and you know, you put sort of twenty pence in the telephone box, and you can see it ticking down really quickly. <laughs> so the desperation she oh, must have felt for someone yeah. to pick up and quickly communicate. <laughs> where she was oh. <laughs> oh, those were the days they were. And, and the fact that she tripped over her on a regular basis as well was was interesting it seems to be becoming a bit of a tradition i think, <laughs> yes, over. I, think I think we need to discourage her from that one yeah yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> i think the one where she'd sort of fallen at the at the start line i think i did kind of catch up with her because I, I was running that one uh, that year, I think. And I remember her telling me that story. And I was like, oh, Anne, for goodness sake, <laughs> look after yourself. <laughs> Just the idea of all those thousands of people behind her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a sight to behold, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I didn't do the run in 2019, I think it was. But we sort of stood on the side and just watching all of these people come by it really is a sight to behold and and quite emotional actually when you're seeing all these people running past um you know wearing their their charity bibs and charity costumes or you know and just the color it's just such a colorful event as well and uh, and, and if you do manage to spot somebody you know out of the thousands of people it's it's brilliant you know to spot someone um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's just a oh, couple of weeks to be, go. <laughs> you'll be great. You'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Anne. And thank you, Andrea and Kath, for your, your comments on, on Anne's episode. Um, if you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the North East through this podcast, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle Covid Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. 
Next time, we have a very special guest and we'll be talking to the Lord Mayor of Newcastle about what happiness means to him. I'll be talking to him about what it means to be the Lord Mayor of Newcastle and where he finds happiness. This will definitely be an episode not to be missed. So you'll hear me ask him questions like this. And is happiness something that you think much about? Are you aware of it or or not really? And hear him give answers like this. Um, I I don't um, think much about it. I know I'm happy. So uh, to uh, each and every one of us, um, happiness um, is uh, so different. I'm Mm -hmm. happy because I've got three wonderful kids okay some of their behaviors every now and then i'm not happy with but i'm 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 happy that i'm able to uh, uh, bring food to the table to my uh, three uh, kids i'm happy that my kids are um, very active in the community the way that i would want them to be um, i'm happy uh, that i've got a uh, amazing, understanding uh, wife <laughs> who um, gives so much, who sacrifices so much. I mean, uh, there are weeks that she doesn't get to see me until I turn up late in the evening. Um, I'm happy that she's happy for me. Uh, and there's a there's an unhappy husband in me every now and then when I look at my wife. Uh, ideally, you know, we would have had a night out or a meal out, but she's so supportive and understanding, knowing that here's a role that I've got to, I've got to play. So my happiness revolves around my family life, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, that's happiness uh, uh, for me. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness so far. Take care and see you all again next week for another episode.